Welcome to the Reality Deets Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Sophia. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Reality Deets Podcast. Happy Monday. I hope you all had a fabulous weekend. I know I did. I got some much needed relaxation and rest after quite a stressful week. Um, Sorry that there was no podcast on Friday, but well, things kind of got like crazy at work and everything in life. And I just honestly could not get it done. And it sucks. Sorry about that. But we have a great podcast for you today. And um, before we jump into the uh, daily dose of drama stories, I thought we'd talk about some really interesting uh little tea that's going around out there about the Real Housewives of Orange County. So the first bit isn't actually tea. It is some news. So uh, the Real Housewives of Orange County had their season 17 premiere last Wednesday and the ratings were through the roof. So um, they had over a million viewers um, in the 18 to 49 demo for the season premiere, which is huge numbers. Those are numbers that you know, the other franchises saw, like, New Jersey has seen million views, um, throughout the season, but their season 13 premiere got about 850, uh, views, and then the Real Housewives of Potomac season 7, um, premiere got, like, 792,000 views, and, um, even the Real Housewives of Atlanta, Season 15 premiere only got 834,000 views um, in that uh, little space. So the Orange County Housewives are killing it for their first season. I mean, for their first episode of the season, which was really shocking. I felt like when the, um, I feel like the premiere got overshadowed because you had the New Jersey reunion on Tuesday night and everyone was still talking about that come Wednesday and then people were also amped up for part three of the Vanderpump Rules reunion and I feel like OC got totally overshadowed because I was when OC was at the episode was airing on Wednesday night I was like on Twitter like kind of scrolling through to see people were really chatting about it and literally it was so hard to find any tweets about the actual episode. I feel like later on in the night there was some stuff, but like there wasn't really that many tweets about the actual episode as it was airing. And it, usually when in a, a season is premiering, there's like a lot of tweets that first night and I feel like there was nothing on Twitter. And so it was interesting. Everything was like Jersey or Vanderpump. So I thought, oh, the season 17 premiere really got overshadowed. And I was worried that the numbers were not going to be good, but these numbers are really great. I think that probably has a lot to do with, um, Tamara Judd returning and people just wanting to see the first episode and what she's going to bring and all of that. And it'll be interesting to see if they keep these numbers up moving forward. But, um, and I really hope I read those, um, numbers, right? Cause I did, it was all the same demographic, but I don't know. Numbers aren't always my thing. <laughs> Just an FYI if you want to know that about me. Um, but yeah, so the numbers were really, really, really good for Real Housewives of Orange County. I was happy to see that. And it's funny because Orange County got their highest season premiere in a number of years, while Atlanta seems to be struggling with the ratings following a pretty great start to season 15. So 
we'll see if uh, Orange County keeps it up. And I, I think it, they will. I think this is going to be an actually really good season. And I think, you know, when Vicky Gunvalson pops up, people are going to really tune in when Taylor Armstrong pr- comes on the show as the friend of the housewives. I think people are going to tune in. People want to see, A, they want to see the crossover of like a former Beverly Hills housewife now joining the Orange County cast, which is the first time that's really ever happened. And in like housewives history. And it's not just like she's popping up as like a guest for an episode. Like she's actually going to be on the show first time ever. And then we're going to see the OG of the OC come back and she's going to pop in a few times throughout the season. And I think everyone is still curious to see how much of a Vicky we are going to get. And if this, and if it's received well, does it open the door for her to return to the show in a bigger capacity for season 18? But while talking about Orange County, there's a lot of drama going on um, involving Tamara Judd. Why are we not surprised? So fans are accusing Tamara of stealing her season 17 tagline from Dorinda Medley. So in 2021, Dorinda Medley appeared on the Nick Cannon show. And on the Nick Cannon show, she was asked, if you ever go back to the Real Housewives of New York, what would your tagline be? Dorinda said at the time, her tagline would be, I may have been on pause, but I'm ready to play. Now, fast forward to 2023, and Tamara returns to the Real Housewives of Orange County after taking, um, what is it, three seasons off or two seasons off. She comes back and her tagline for season 17 is, I might have been on pause, but now I'm ready to play. And so fans are like, oh, that is too much of a coincidence. Like, so either Tamara brought this uh, tagline to Bravo and they chose it, or someone at Bravo heard... Dorinda's previous tagline that she mentioned on the Nick Cannon show and they basically stole it rearranged it a little bit and repurposed it for Tamara Judd it's kind of really shady and it is like a total mooch off of Dorinda because like Dorinda is the one who like always said like oh she's on pause like Bravo told me I'm on on pause I'm on pause Tamara's never said she's on pause Tamara was like they offered me a friend role I decline peace out I'm moving on I'm taking time away from the show I probably won't ever come back and now she's calling her time out on the show a pause which she's never referred to it as a pause before ever so it's funny that in her tagline she's now referring it as a pause when We all know that Dorinda is the one who's infamously always said the minute she left The Real Housewives of New York that it was just a pause and that it wasn't a permanent goodbye from the franchise. Um, It's just so weird that they, I don't know if Tamara individually stole it or if Bravo did or production or whatever, but whoever did it, it was horrible to steal Dorinda's tagline, especially because she came up with it. Like she like came up with that off the top of her head. Like it's not like you know, it was, like, pre-planned or anything. Like, she was just, like, off for the cuff. She was, like, this would be my tagline when I come back to the Real Housewives of New York. It's just so sad. It's, like, Tamara, come up with your own moment, your own iconic moment, your own iconic, iconic saying. Like, don't steal someone else's. Like, and 
Dorinda is going to come for Tamara. I know it. Like, Dorinda is going to clap back at this. You just know it. Like, she is not. She, like, she is going to do it. She is not going to hold back. <laughs> She's going to speak her mind. And I can't wait to see it. So, the first story that we have for Monday's daily dose of Bravo drama that you need to know about um, is involving another Real Housewives of Orange County esque couple. Um, so it involves David Bedore and his now estranged wife, Leslie Bedore. So, um, on Instagram, Leslie Bedore recently claimed that she's the one who actually filed for a divorce this time around and not David. Um, Leslie posted on her Instagram stories, tablets have it wrong. He was served divorce papers by me first. I am the petitioner. All I have, all I have to say until this is over end of story. So as we previously reported, um, we previously reported that David filed for a divorce from Leslie at the end of May. He listed their date of separation as May 23rd and cited irreconcilable difference as the cause for the split. He wanted full and legal custody of their daughter and he did not want Leslie to be awarded any spousal support per their prenuptial agreement. And this report about David filing for divorce. <laughs> this report of David filing for divorce came out. Um, TMZ was the first to report on it. And I feel like TMZ probably did their research and saw David's petition. Like, how else would they really have known about it if they didn't actually see his petition? But it's not to say that Leslie didn't also file that same day or the day before or hours before, but whatever. So, I think it's safe to say that both Leslie and David both filed for divorce. Um, but their split has now turned really, really ugly. Um, they both recently filed restraining orders against each other, which it's like, oh my God. I feel like, I, I, did anyone else see this coming? Like, I feel like, do you remember like back in the day when they first got together and like Leslie was so like antagonistic towards like, Shannon Bedore and like Tamara and other people in the Orange County cast on social media like she was so thirsty for attention and then her and David posted those like naked photos of themselves on vacation and it was like terrifying to see and it was like I never needed to see David Bedore that up close and personal and not to say David Bedore isn't a handsome guy because he is a handsome guy but it was just a cringeworthy whole thing and like then you had like Leslie Bedore she went on that rant at like Walmart or something do we all remember that video where she was like harassing an employee at Walmart about like them having to check her receipt as you like walk out the door and like everyone anyone and everyone who goes to Walmart knows like you walk to the door and there's someone that's going to check your receipt to make sure that, you know, what is in your basket is on the receipt. Like, everyone has to do that, whether you're, like, the, you know, Queen of England or you are, like, Joe Blow, like, walking around in, I don't know, Arkansas or something. Like, everyone has to do it. And it's, like, who are you that you think you're above it? It's, like, you just hand over your your receipt. What is there to hide? But, like, I remember, like, she went on a rant and was, like, why would I steal something? I live in a multi-million dollar house. I have millions of dollars in the bank account. All of this stuff. And it was, like, so, like, vomit-inducing and cringeworthy and just, like, so low class. And it's, like, honey, 
if you have all of that, you don't need to like scream at the the freaking Walmart employee who's just doing what they're told and doing their job. Like, come on. But anyway, I feel like all of that, like, we knew that when this relationship eventually imploded, because we all knew it was going to happen. Like, we all knew because they moved so fast. It was like, we're madly in love. We're madly in love. We get engaged. We get married. We have a baby. Like, it was just like, it was way too much, way too fast. Like, David was just coming out of a 20-year marriage, and it was like, full speed ahead to the next marriage to the next kid to the next relationship and it was like he never took any time to breathe or to actually like decompartmentalize from his marriage to Shannon and that marriage was full of issues like he cheated there were communication issues like it just was not a very happy or conducive marriage and he never like dealt with any of that and just moved into the next thing and thought oh my god I'm marrying this younger woman you know she's beautiful we're gonna have a baby together we're gonna get married we're gonna live happy happily ever after we're gonna travel and like he just like went full speed ahead to that and you knew it was a recipe for disaster like you knew it was like that train was eventually gonna fall off the cliff like because they were just moving at such a fast speed and you know we're not taking the actual time to get to know each other or actually see if they liked each other. They were just like in full lust and we're like, let's just jump into this and see how it pans out. And now they're filing freaking restraining orders against each other. And so they both have filed temporary restraining orders against each other in Orange County. Um, and on top of that, there's claims of domestic violence Um so basically Leslie is um seeking protection against David for herself, their daughter, her mother, and her two children from her previous relationship. Um in a petition filed on Tuesday, um Leslie claims that the father of her two children No. Oh, so Leslie basically opened up about how her ex filed a temporary restraining order against David in August 2022 which is old news, um, he alleged that, she alleges that David physically abused her and her children, um, and their pets and destroyed her property and threatened her. Um, she also alleges that he sexually abused her. Um, she says that David allegedly controlled her, prevented her from getting food or basic needs, stopped her from accessing or earning money, and isolated her from loved ones. She also claims that David, um, physically hit her, and her mom in February, and then begged her not to press charges or get a restraining order. Um, she says that her, David hates her mother and um, called her mother fat, along with among other derogatory names. Um, she says that she believes her mother is in great bodily harm um, and will continue to be harassed by David unless the court steps in. Um, yeah, it's just, like, really, really ugly, um, and David is requesting that the court deny Leslie's request for a restraining order and grant his request. Like, this is just so ugly. Like, while I don't think David, I mean, I feel like from anything we've seen on The Real Housewives of Orange County, I feel like David is not a, like, a, a yeller or a fighter. Like, I feel like David will just like walk away and leave the situation like like he he'll he'll shut down he won't talk I mean at least that's what he did in his relationship with Shannon and I don't know maybe that was only a part of David and there was other things that went on 
behind the cameras that we never saw saw but I feel like these are really really ugly claims that Leslie is making against David and they're kind of like life-ruining claims and it's like you know not only to accuse David of abusing her but sexually abuse saying that he abused her children her mother like like controlled her stopped her from getting food and basic needs or earning money like that's a lot of shit to accuse David of and I mean only time will tell if any of this is true I feel like it's not but it's just really really ugly like oh but yeah so I, I yeah it's just all so ugly and I mean I hope for David's sake it's not true but I mean I don't know I feel like this personally I feel like Leslie is going to be that type of woman that you know she can't get anything out of the prenup so she's going to go the dirty route just because she's gonna want to try to get anything and everything she can out of this marriage and going this low blow route and you know throwing these allegations out there is one way to get David to give in to whatever demands she might have amid their split. So, you never know. We'll see how it all plays out. Um, but, ooh, yikes. I would not want to be in that situation. Uh, so, next up, I want to talk about some blind item gossip. And there are two really, really good blind items going around about the Bravoverse. They are both coming from Dumois, which I feel like Dumois always has the best blind items. So, the first one is about Vanderpump Rules. So, um, the blind item reads, the big secret is that Raquel and Tom have been a thing way before James and her split. Like other people have said, she went after Schwartz because Sandoval didn't end it with Ariana like she did with James. But the big news is that there will be a spinoff show with old cast members, including Stassi. Stassi is a producer for the new show. So A, the first part of this is something I totally wholeheartedly believe. I honestly think that um, Sandoval and Raquel's like relationship, whether it had been physical at that point or it was just like inappropriate text messages or inappropriate closeness, I think that their whatever they had going on, their flirtiness, their like secret relationship started before Raquel and James got engaged because I think that that is why Sandoval like went so big and so bold for Raquel and James's engagement like if you remember that episode like Sandoval paid like thousands like tens of thousands of dollars for this engagement that wasn't even his engagement like he helped pay for so much of the engagement and I know he has friends with James and like okay but like that's still like so over the top for a friendship and it's really funny because now at the season 10 reunion you know Tom's like Sandoval's like well me and James aren't even that good a friend and it's like dude you paid tens of thousands of dollars for his engagement like how why would you do that if you're not good friends so it doesn't he he keeps putting his foot in his mouth so none of the none of it his actions and his words don't match up and they don't make sense and it's just constantly contradicting himself and 
I really think that their relationship had been going on for a long time. And I don't think it necessarily was physical at that point. But I think that it... There was like a bond forming and some type of relationship and infatuation. And again, I think it was probably like text messages and like inappropriate flirting and stuff. But like very under the radar. And there were feelings that were budding between the two. And so anyway, Raquel says yes. Her and James, you know they think they're going to get engaged and all, but then her feelings for Tom are getting way too strong and James's behavior is not, you know, what she necessarily wants to live the rest of her life with. And I think her and James had their own relationship issues. So I think her infatuation with Tom Sandoval allowed her to say, okay, I'm going to walk away from James. You walk away from Ariana and we'll be together. But then when Sandoval didn't actually split with Ariana despite their relation his relationship with Raquel turning physical she was like oh well you don't want to break up with Ariana and be with me well then I'm gonna go after Schwartz and I'm gonna try to you know seduce him and be flirty and see how you like that and I think that it was this whole big game and I think this whole Sandoval and Raquel relationship goes so goes back so much longer and is way more complicated than we will ever know and like maybe one day it'll all come out but like right now we only know the tip of the iceberg and I think there's so much so much more and maybe in season 11 it'll all come out and like either Sandoval finally admit the truth or Raquel will admit the truth but yeah I think there's so much more there's so so much more to this whole affair and relationship and like how it all came about there's just so much more but when it comes to the new spinoff show with old cast members I still want this to happen like I literally am praying to the bravo gods and to Andy Cohen that like this needs to happen like I am literally about to order one of those like religious candles that has like Andy Cohen's face like imprinted on like Jesus's body or something and like start lighting it every day to like beg Andy for this really to happen because I need this spinoff show a I need this spinoff show I need I need Sassy Schroeder back on Bravo I need her back on Bravo and I know some people hate her and you know what feel the way you feel but I think that as a long term long time literally I'm a Sassy fan from day one have I agreed with everything that's come out of her mouth and everything she's said and done over the years no but I felt like her core was always good, but she definitely crossed the line at certain points in time. But I was one person that when the whole like faith thing came out and there were a few things she had said beforehand on her podcast here and there that really, you know, made me like pause and I didn't like it. And I was like, oh, like girl, like this is not good. You shouldn't be saying this. But I still there was just something so likable about her. Did I, like, take pause and be like, oh, she needs to grow. She needs to work on things. She needs to change a little bit. She needs to be more careful with what she's saying and how she's saying it. Yes, I was, I was like, all of those things need to happen. And then when the whole faith thing happened and she, her and Kristen Doty got fired from Vanderpump Rules and she went away for, like, basically a year and stopped really, like, being in the public eye at all. And besides her, um, her and Bo's, like, the good the bad the baby podcast on patreon which i do pay for every month so i guess maybe i am a stassi stan but i i'm happy to admit that but anyway um 
I felt like then when she like reemerged last year with her, you know, straight up with Saucy podcast came back and her book, which is the second book I did buy and read. Um, I had never read her first book before, but I read the second one and I actually really liked it. And I thought she really explained everything she went through and the steps she took to grow and to change and to know you know, to become a better person. And I honestly think she has. And I think the sassy we see now is she still has that like fun, quippy, like sarcastic, like, you know, calls them out, little drama-ish like side to her. But like, I don't know, there's like a newfound, like, she's just grown so much. And I think she honestly has changed. And I, I would love to see this version of Sassy on the TV and I think she could still be just as entertaining and exciting but in a different way and I would love to see her and Bo and Hartford and like their new baby on TV and I'd love to see you know the rest of the old Vanderpump Rules cast and their families and see that like this new part of their life because it's like we know there's more to them at this point in life than them just like hanging out at Tom Tom or hanging out at Sir or hanging out at Schwartz and Sandy's and drinking and talking shit and like, you know, getting into fights and partying. Like there's so much more to their lives at this point. So I would love to actually like see that on the show. And I think that it would be great to have that be a separate show from Vanderpump Rules and then have Vanderpump Rules, you know, have there be character not characters, but cast members from Vanderpump Rules, like the OG, like Schwartz and um, Sandoval, and like maybe like Ariana and um, Katie, like they stay as like linchpins on the, like with the new cast of Vanderpump Rules that would, you know, maybe work at either of their stores and some people work at Sir and it's like all of that. And I think there's such a way that Bravo could do this. And like, believe me, Bravo and like, the producers behind Random Pump Rules have amazingly talented people behind them and like they can come up with ways to like make this all work and I really really hope they do and I'm just gonna continue praying to the Bravo gods please 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 make this happen okay the second blind item involves the Real Housewives of New Jersey so this second blind item reads this OG Jersey housewife is not on the deed to her house. She recently got married to a walking red flag who is the sole owner of the LLC that the deed is under. Shocker, the house was also bought before the wedding and they don't have a prenup. So let's see how this plays out when she finally sees his red flags. You can see all tax info on properties in New Jersey. So this was an easy find. I feel like, I mean, we all know who this is about at this point. I mean, it really isn't there's not much to read between the lines of this post but um I think that I feel like we knew that we knew from the beginning that this is how Teresa and Louie bought their house like they bought it as an investment property so it was in an LLC um because initially when they bought the house they never claimed that they were moving into it they claimed that they bought it as a like investment property so I feel like this isn't necessarily new fresh news but um I think that we have to trust that Teresa and Louie both know what they're doing when it comes to their finances and they didn't have a prenup and if you if you're in New Jersey New Jersey is like a 50-50 state so it is 
it's much like California where everything gets divided down the middle. What's mine is yours and what's yours is mine. That's how it works. So regardless, the fact that they don't have a prenup could only help Teresa because this would fall into possible that if they ever did, did get divorced, that she would get half of everything and whatever. But, and I feel like Louis has money. I don't know. I feel like he does. I feel like it's genuine. Um, and I think Teresa is probably smart enough and has the right people around her that she has protected her and her daughters and their financial futures. That's all I'm going to say. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of shady shit that goes down when it comes to finances and properties. And, you know, people love to call out Teresa and Louie and all of this stuff. But, like, let's look in the backyard to some of the other Jersey housewives because there's a lot of dirty, dirty shit going on there. So, I think that, you know, Teresa and Louie haven't been married a year and people are already predicting the demise of their marriage. And it's just, uh, it frustrates me and makes me laugh at the same time because it's like, damn just let these people be happy like let them be happy like if 20 years from now or 10 years from now they do get divorced god forbid they'll deal with it then and you know what Teresa has lost millions before she's made millions before she can do it again like she will be okay and her kids will be okay like they'll all be fine it'll all work out like come on like I think Teresa has a good team around her that is protecting her assets and in ways that we probably don't even know about. Like, you know, we think like, oh, Teresa just has all of her Jersey money sitting in a bank. Like, no, I'm sure she has a diversified portfolio. I'm sure she has her own money tied up in LLCs and in, you know, other businesses and investments and trusts and everything that God forbid they did divorce that she would still be entitled to all of that money and no one will ever be able to get their hands on it so I think we have to give her some credit Teresa's smarter than she looks I know she comes across as dumb as rocks sometimes on the real house I was in Jersey but she's smarter and than we like to believe and I just think you gotta trust her if you're a Teresa's fan then you gotta trust your girl and you know believe that she's making the right decisions for her life um, yeah. So next story is about Raquel Levis wants to expose the unfiltered truth about Scandval when she leaves treatment. So the Daily Mail reports that a source tells them that Raquel looks forward to sharing her story with an unfiltered truth when she comes out of treatment. The insider claims that the former beauty queen has been staying at the unnamed center for nearly seven, 70 days and is aiming to become a better person. Upon the completion of filming the reunion, Raquel entered a voluntary inpatient behavioral health and trauma facility and remains there to date. 68 days and counting, the source added. Per the source, Raquel has been learning the basis of her decisions while doing her best to grow from her mistakes in the future. She's a young woman that is and has been remorseful for her actions and has apologized repeatedly, the source claims. So this i mean i still i i don't know we've heard the reports that raquel is literally at a glorified spa i don't know if she's really at a mental health facility or what but i really hope that she is doing the work on herself to really 
do a deep dive on everything that's gone on for the past year plus at this point in her life, especially when it comes to the whole Tom Sandoval affair. Um, I think her behavior at the reunion was scary and I wouldn't be surprised if she was highly medicated because she was so vacant and blank when it came to showing any emotion or, um, or anything when it came to hurting Ariana and, you know, other mistakes that she may have made throughout the season. So it will be very interesting to see what she has learned and, you know, gained even about herself when it comes to her actions, which she has learned about herself and her actions when she comes out of rehab. Um, I wonder if this does mean that she's going to be back for season 11 of Vanderpump Rules or for the spin-off show, whatever that may be. I don't really know how that's all going to work. But if she does come back to Vanderpump Rules, is she going to come back allies with Sandoval or is she going to come back a strong, fierce, independent woman who is ready to reveal all about the affair and everything? I mean, the source claims that she wants to spill the tea on the whole scandal of it all but I don't know is that true is that what's going to happen or is between when Raquel gets out and filming starts is Tom Sandoval going to get in her ear and you know possibly manipulate her even more into keeping his secrets and to you know them testing out them being a couple on the show and you know seeing how their relationship plays out with the viewers and just in real life I don't know there's a lot of there's a lot of moving pieces but I hope that Raquel is truly getting the help that she needs and and not even help like I I, I you know I, we make it sound like she's like you know I don't know I feel like but I hope she's just taking the time to you know reevaluate her actions and grow and learn how to maybe cope better and learn that she does it need to like rely on men for happiness and she doesn't need to look for love in the wrong places because I feel like she does you know she seeks that validation she seeks you know love from wherever she can get it from and I hope that you know I hope she can grow and learn and I mean I think that's all we can ask of someone yes she made a horrible mistake and she really showed a lack of remorse at the end of the season and at the reunion and all and a lack of emotion and it was frightening to see that she just wasn't connecting the dots like she wasn't having any reaction or an emotional response to like Sheena breaking down in tears or Ariana being angry and crying. And I think that's just all something maybe she needs to work on. And hopefully she is. And I hope, I hope that she honestly comes out of this a better, stronger person who can stand up for herself, but not that can stand up for herself, but also not hurt and trample other people to get what she wants in life. Um, so, you know, if she really wanted Tom, like, she didn't need to have an affair with him and hurt her, hurt Ariana in the process. Like, you know, I don't know. But she's, what, 28 years old? I mean, she's a lot of life ahead of her. This is a mistake. I don't think this mistake is going to define her for the rest of her life. It might define the rest of her time on Bravo, but I don't think it's going to define her the rest of her life. And she still has plenty of life ahead of her, and she can totally redeem herself and if she honestly does the work and becomes a better person, she could totally redeem herself because there are people that have far done worse, have done far worse on Bravo and they have redeemed themselves in the eyes of viewers. So we'll have to uh, see how it all plays out, but 
I, I really hope she's doing well and is, you know, moving her life in the right direction. Um, next up, we have Jennifer Aiden claims Andy Cohen is rude to her most of the time. So, um, a fan basically tweeted out that, like, it was, it's beyond assess- disgusting how rude Andy Cohen is to Jennifer Aiden every time they interact. And the fan called the whole thing disgusting. And Jennifer Aiden replied and was like, he's not rude to me every time, but just most of the time. And it's like, you know, you, it's clear that Andy, I think if we know from watching Housewives and even watching like Vanderpump Rules or Southern Charm or Summer House or any of those shows where Andy is the, um, reunion referee, we know that he has favorites. Like we know that he has people and within each cast that he likes and there are ones that he just doesn't like. And it's like, he, you can tell, you can tell the way he asks questions, how he pokes a little bit more, how he is shady. Like you can just tell. And it seems that Andy has never truly liked Jennifer Aiden. For some reason, Jennifer Aiden always seems to rub Andy the wrong way. Where, like, if you look at, like, Joe and Melissa Gorga, Andy is, like, obsessed with them and they can do no wrong. And, like, he never pokes them too hard when it comes to questions. He never pries too much. He, like, takes their answers at face value. And I think that's so telling. And he's done that with other housewives. Like, it's just the way it is. He will go in hard on people that he doesn't necessarily like or that he feels like are the villains and then he goes easy on the people that are his favorites and it's not surprising in my mind I feel like it's been there from the beginning that Jennifer Aiden just is not one of his favorites and I don't know why it's really funny I guess because I think Jennifer came on the show hard and strong and she like didn't hold back and she has never been shy to speak her mind or call out what she sees when she sees it especially at the reunions and I think she's one of those housewives that like someone will be talking and she will interrupt and yell and scream and like you know say her piece and I don't think Andy necessarily loves that whole interrupting he's like all about like no let one person speak at a time and then you can speak your voice and don't yell it over each other and all and I think maybe that is part of the reason why Andy might rub, I mean, Jennifer might rub Andy the wrong way. Um, But there's another kind of report going around social media. And I don't necessarily believe there's any truth to this actual report. But it kind of, it ties in. So I thought I would bring it up. On Twitter, there's a, a report going around that says, quote unquote, according to some sources, Andy Cullen is being investigated by HR in regards to bullying Real Housewives of New Jersey star Jennifer Aiden. Um end quote and the the tweet goes on to say like would you like to see Andy fired and it's like okay hey Andy's not getting fired he's I I I don't think he's bullying Jennifer Ada and I think that's a stretch I don't think maybe he might not like her so he might not be the friendliest to her or like you know give her the benefit of the doubt but I definitely don't think that he is he hates her or is bullying her and I don't think he's being investigated by HR but I mean, anything is possible in the Bravo-verse. So, um, you know, then 
as all of this is playing out on social media, Jennifer Aiden then shared a message that she got from fans in regards to her relationship with Andy Cohen. This came obviously after Jennifer said that, you know, Andy is, you know, not always mean to her, but sometimes mean to her. So this fan basically wrote to Jennifer on Instagram and it was really a disgusting message. So the fan writes, FYI, Andy Cohen is probably always kind of mean to you because it's hard to to be nice to the devil walking this earth. You are calculated and disgusting. The reason your child wants to be a love doctor is because you and your husband both fucked her up enough in the head to think that. Your husband's actions are what are what caused all of it. I know you're trying to take a tip from the Teresa Judice playbook playbook of how not to own up to anything and deflect your issues onto others, but own your shit. Your daughter is now mentally screwed up in the head because of your wonderful disgusting cheating husband peace this is just like so vile like a none of this needed to be said i mean okay you can have the whole like opinion if you think she's if you think jennifer aiden's the devil like whatever you can see that but a don't bring up her children don't bring up her children's mental well-being and like a like i'm sorry it just crosses the line on so many levels. Like, like, just don't. Stop bringing up people's marriages. Stop going, like, calling people, like, they're terrible parents or that, you know, they fucked up their children or, like, commenting on their children's mental health. Like, we see, like, less than 1% of these people's lives and less than 1% of their interactions as couples or as parents. Like, it's just so crossing the line like whatever say what you want about jennifer's relationship with andy and why andy might or may or may not like her or may treat her poorly like a but she's and like whatever comment on that but stop it with this like hate and vitriol it's so uncalled for and so unnecessary like i could not imagine being a housewife and waking up to messages like this and worse probably every day day in and day out like oh my god like no 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 no. and it's just like come on jennifer is not the devil like okay like, she is not everyone's cup of tea, and she might rub people the wrong way, and, you know, but I think she has a good heart at the end of the day. Like, I think we see that on the show. Like, you know, but she calls it, like, she sees it. She calls people out. She calls out the hypocrisy, the hypo- oh my god, can I speak? The hypocrisy of it all. Jesus, Lord. Oh my god, I'm getting, like, too upset, and then I'm, like, stuttering over my words. Sorry about that, but just these trolls are too much. Oh my god, it's just it's crazy. Um, next up we have Tamara Judd claims Heather Bro did something really shitty to me while filming season 17 of The Real Housewives of Orange County. Um, so we all know that like Heather and Tamara are currently at odds right now after filming season 17. They're not on the best terms. They're feuding, but what should be noted is honestly like I I said this in my recap for the season 17 premiere of OC that it Tamara and Heather's engagement with each other during that episode was really weird because they were pretending that they were on such good terms but at the start of filming they were not on good terms and we all knew that from social media so basically Heather and Tamara had both taking shots at each other on their podcasts and had like called each other out so it was really weird to see when filming started for season 17 they were acting like none of that ever happened and that they were buddy buddy because like Tamara had accused Heather of working with Andy Cohen to try to prevent her from coming back and like 
saying that like Tamara really can't come back because she has a podcast that's all about the Real Housewives and reality TV. So it would be unfair for her to like film the show and then recap the episodes on her podcast and all of this. And like Heather denied ever saying that. And there was just like this lot of back and forth and like clearly things weren't good. And like I think Tamara had previously accused Heather of like not wanting her back on the show and like really like kind of cutting her out of her life after she came back to the show during season 16. It it just was really weird and so it was so strange to see them in episode one of season 17 acting buddy buddy and getting along. So we all knew that they weren't good at the start of the season so but now we find out that something big apparently happened that was really shitty quote-unquote during the season that further affected the relationship. So um Tamara tells page six, um, it ends up being that she really does something shitty to me. Really shitty. Very, very, very shitty, Tamara said. Um, so Heather allegedly told Shannon Bedore that she was afraid of Tamara coming back to the show following her two season, two season hiatus. The comment was made off camera and that it's an issue likely to be unpacked on season 17. Um, It's also claimed that Tamara spoke to Heather about comments Heather made that there was no place for Tamara on the show. Um, Tamara tells page six, it's something that we talk about on the show. So I saw a lot of things that were coming out of her mouth that didn't really make sense to me. So I definitely called her out. I came back open and honest and told my truth and talked to people about how I felt and where I was going. And some people don't like to be honest and they like to talk, talk behind your back. And that, and I'm that person. I might be an ass to your face, but I will not be talking behind your back. I will tell you to your face how you are. Which, come on, like, first of all, Tamara, like, yes, you will call people out to their face, but you also talk about, you talk about people behind their back. You have since the freaking day you started the show. Like, we can, like, roll the footage of you talking about people behind your back, whether it's Vicky, whether it's Shannon, whether it's freaking Gina Keogh, whether it's, Gretchen Rossi whether it's Alexis Bellino like or Heather DeBro, like you've talked about all of them behind their back and as have they like talked about other people I mean I don't think Heather's really talked that much about Tamara behind her back but like we've seen it on the show like you've talked about them badly behind their backs on on the show and off the show especially when you got to your podcast like come on let's be real here honey um but like a also that's part of the housewives game like it's part of the housewives game for you guys to talk shit about each other behind your back so like let's not be like all holier than thou that you are like i'm so threatening i confront everyone to their face and i never talk about anyone behind their back like bullshit tamra i'm really curious to see what this whole shitty thing is that happens and I, while i do really like tamra i always have liked her she's always been one of my favorite housewives sometimes her behavior is a little too much for me but I'm also a really big Heather DeBro fan. And I've always been a Heather DeBro fan. Like, always. Like, Heather was, like, exactly what the Real Housewives of Orange County needed when she joined the show. Like, the class, the sophistication, the, like, luxury that she brought to the show was just so perfect in my mind. And I don't care that she's a little buttoned up. She knows how to have fun. She knows how to, like, say what she wants and be shady in her own version of things, you know? And she might not scream and she might not yell and she might not throw things. But she's going to get her point across and she's going to let you know that she doesn't like you or your behavior or whatever. And she's going to call it out in her own way. And I like that. And I feel like 
I, it's going to be hard for me when I see these two finally, you know, be at odds because I like them both so much and I really enjoy their friendship for so many years. So that's definitely going to be tough. But I think that Tamara can act like she's never talked about anyone behind her back and that she's always truthful and upfront to their face because like, come on, we've, we've seen her get caught in the lies before. Like, remember the whole like Shannon told Tamara about like that David and her got into a fight and that they, you know, you know, possible that like David might be having an affair or something and all of that. And it's like, Tamara then told Heather about it and the conversation got brought up at a dinner and then it got back to Shannon and it's like that was talking behind someone's back and that was a major thing that could have affected her relation her marriage and her kids and so much other stuff like just it's just like Tamara come on like I I appreciate what you're saying and it's like partially true but like be be really really real like be real and own the fact that you've talked about people behind their backs and don't act like you've never done it and that you're brokenhearted that you know heather has done this allegedly like come on like just don't don't do it um our final story um involves is this the final story i honestly don't know how many stories we've done at this point (laughs) um I'm really I'm really organized today guys like so organized it's astounding and I'm saying that in the most sarcastic way possible because I am not organized at all I literally threw stories together and I'm like I think there's enough here I think there's more than enough actually which is probably my fault because I didn't number them properly so we're just gonna keep this our final story for today so our final story is Joe and Melissa Gorga slapped with a lawsuit plus allegedly owe 16,000 to former subcontractor um so Melissa and Joe Gorga's legal and financial woes continue to stack up the Real Housewives of New Jersey couple has not only been hit with a new lawsuit they're also accused of owing $16,000 to a outdoor kitchen company um so radar online reported that melissa and joe are being sued by a woman named blanca hernandez who claims that she was injured on a property that the real housewives in jersey couple own and are responsible for maintaining so apparently the whole incident took place on january 27th 2021 and it took place at 10 Cortland Street in New Jersey. So um, Hernandez claims that she was injured while lawfully on that premises due to the property being ne- negligently and carelessly maintained by the Gorgas. So as a result, she's suing Joe and Melissa Gorga as well as their company, Gorga Enterprises Incorporated. Um Hernandez claims she sustained diverse injuries, great pain, and suffering, and has incurred and will continue in the future to incur extensive medical expenses, permanent injuries, suffered physical and emotional injuries of both a temporary and permanent nature, suffered considerable pain and anguish, loss of wages, as well as other damages. Um, she's seeking an unspecified amount of damages and requests that the Gorgas keep all information pertaining to her employment. So it sounds like Hernandez was some type of employee for the couple. It doesn't really make it clear what it what she was. Um, I don't even know where 10 Cortland Street is. I, I'm trying to like think. Like I'm gonna Google it real quick because I like wonder if it's like a property that they own and like she was maybe a um 
a like was she a maid there or like a housekeeper or no the property looks like it's in Newark but I don't know if that is the correct one I mean I don't know there's yeah it has to be in Newark I guess because like Cortland Street is in Newark um so perhaps it's a rental that they have and she was doing work there or I don't necessarily know if maybe she lives there and she's a tenant of theirs I don't know but either way she is suing the couple um they um fired back at the lawsuit on April 24th and are denying all claims of negligence um and they claim that Hernandez is responsible for causing any damages that she occurred while on the property um they insist that they're not liable for her injuries or damages and um they want the case dismissed and they are also asking the court to order Hernandez to provide them with copies of her medical records so that is an ongoing legal battle that the couple will be fighting probably for the next few months if not the next year but um I mean I, I mean I hope if god forbid this is if this lawsuit is accurate and you know this woman did sustain these injuries while at a property owned by the Gorgas then I hope that she will get the compensation um that she deserves for her injuries but you know if it's not true then I guess you know hopefully the Gorgas become come out victorious I don't know but I guess we have to wait and see for it all to play out um but it sounds like she worked for them or something like that I don't know but that's what we know about that so when it comes to the other little bit of tea about the Gorgas so they're being accused of once again not paying their bills so over the weekend Joe posted a video on his Instagram about Melissa breaking his balls to get the gutter guys out to their new house in Franklin Lakes so Joe shared a clip of him with the gutter guys saying like oh Melissa was on my ass to like get these guys out here I finally did and so he like shares this clip on his Instagram and you know captions it and all captions it and all and one company that Joe and Melissa previously used to do work at their home I'm assuming it was their old home in um, Montville New Jersey they decided to take the opportunity to comment on Joe's post and call out the Real Housewives of New Jersey couple for their unpaid $16,000 bill. So Easy Outdoor Kitchens commented on Joe Gorga's post writing, probably time you called us back to pay your past due 16 k bill from five years ago for your outdoor kitchen. Yikes. So I'm thinking, I'm trying to think. So this bill is either from their old Montville house that they you know started on on the show if you guys remember that it was that like really french chateau looking house it was beautiful they were like i mean it looked beautiful at least from the outside and parts of the inside but um and we all know there were like some little shady things going on inside that house where like things were not real marble they were like fake veneered shit that like he was trying to pass off as real but anyway so it was either this overdue kitchen bill is either from that house or it's from their shore house that they currently own in um toms river so it very well could be for the toms river house because i think they bought that about five years ago and i know that they renovated that house heavily so it's 
probably more likely that it's from their shore house in um tom's river but joe um didn't reply to the comment and then the comment mysteriously disappeared off of um joe's instagram post but the instagram post remains up so i'm not sure if joe reached out to ec door kitchen and asked them you know to delete it and they maybe came to some type of agreement and they agreed to delete the comment or if joe just went and deleted the comment himself so we'll see i mean if they are owed sixteen thousand dollars from five years ago i mean wouldn't at that point in time you start filing some legal uh, paperwork to get your money? I mean, I know I would. Like, 16 k Five years past due? Like, come on. I mean, I don't know. But some shady, shady shit <laughs> is going on with the Gorgas. And I feel like more shady shit is just going to be coming out. So, uh, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Reality Deeds Daily Dose of Drama podcast. I will be back tomorrow for another episode. Make sure you give us a follow on Instagram and TikTok at Reality Deeds, and I will talk to you in the next episode. Bye!